So, God told you to write a book. Now what? Hi, I'm Wendy Jo Serna, author, narrator, wife, and mother. I've written and published two novels thus far without really having any clue what I was doing. All I knew for sure was that I had heard from the Lord that I was to write a book. Beyond that, it was all just one grand adventure of faith and a lot of work. And along the way, I learned a few things, things I'd like to share with you. If I can do this, you can do this. You can write your book. Hey, if the author and finisher of all things told you to do it, he believes that you can. And so do I. So come on. Let's write. Hello, authors. Welcome back to So God Told You to Write a Book. Now what? I'm Wendy Jo Serna, your host, and this is episode number three. Today we're going to talk about certainty. How do you know for sure that God told you to write a book? Well, how do you know for sure God told you to do anything? <laughs> it's, sometimes it feels pretty bodacious to even make that statement, God told me to write a book. I can only speak from my own experience. With the first book, it definitely was not my idea to do. And such an other sort of moment when I hear this very strange statement, there is a baby catcher gate in heaven, nothing I'd ever remotely thought about in my whole life. So I knew that I knew that I knew that something very different was going on and that I was like a door had opened up into a room I'd never stepped into before. And then I hear, I want you to write a book about it. Now, I could have chosen to ignore that because it was, again, so other than anything I'd thought of doing. I had said to the Lord, I do want to do something creative that binds up the brokenhearted and sets captives free. I've done a lot of different creative things. Writing a book was not one of them. But it also sort of hit this place in my soul, I guess, my spirit, I'm not sure which, but it hit this little spot that said, can I? Can I really do that? I don't know. I've never tried before. But there was this little bit of excitement that said, huh, well, if he says I can, I must be able to. So again, it becomes a step of faith to say, because he said so, I'm going to believe that it's possible. Not based on my past experiences or my past failures or my past successes, but based on the fact that he thinks I can do it. I was thinking about that story in Luke. It's probably in the other Gospels too. I don't know. It's in Luke 5 where um, Jesus says to Simon Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answers him and says, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. I think that was for me with the first book. Okay, I, <laughs> nevertheless, because you say so, I'm going to put my net down 
and try something new on the other side of the boat, on the other side of creativity from what I've done before, because you say so. The wonderful thing about creating with the creator is that you are his creation as well. And he knows you and he sees you and he knows the situations you're in. He knows the season of life you're in, but he also knows the specific like gift package that is woven into the fabric of your being. The stuff that's, I don't know, maybe it's come through a generational line even of creativity, or maybe you're like the first one your family's ever had any inkling of doing this kind of thing, writing a book. There is something in you that is uniquely put together and made to do so. He has plans. I also think, well, why why this moment in time? Why now? I why haven't I been writing before? I don't I don't know the answer to that completely, but I also know that there is something about timing with God. Even the advent of Christ onto the planet, it says happened in the fullness of time. Why that moment? Why centuries of time and history prior to Christ? Why that moment in the fullness of time? I don't know. I think there's lots of different factors. And there are different factors in your life as well about why this moment, why this project, all of that. Maybe I I didn't even need an answer for it necessarily. I just needed to grow in this certainty that he said I could. Give it a try. Put your net on the other side. See what happens. It's like he's waiting in anticipation for what you're about to discover when you follow his directive to do maybe something you've done before, but in a new way. I have, I don't know, written some poetry, been in some plays, written some little plays for churches, and done, I don't know, word kind of things in the past. But this was a whole different level of what can you really do with the words? What can you really do with this inkling you have within you to write a book? It's an adventure. I was thinking about the mother of Christ, Mary, young woman. We don't know for sure how old, but probably not more than 20, certainly less than that. And an angel of the Lord appears to her and says, Behold, you are highly favored, and you're going to have a child, and he will be called, you know, the Most High. Oh, this amazing announcement, this young woman. Now, I'm not sure how I would have responded to that, probably not nearly as well as Mary did. But it's interesting to me that when she asks, How can this be? Oh, you know, I'm not married. I've never been with a man. How am I? <laughs> hmm, how am I supposed to have a baby? And the Lord says to her, Your cousin Elizabeth, much older than Mary, who had never been able to have a child, was considered barren. 
The angel says to her, your, your cousin relative Elizabeth has conceived a son in her old age, and she is now in her sixth month. And then he says to her, for with God, nothing will be impossible. I've known that story since I was knee-high to a grasshopper. I've listened to the Luke story read, you know, every Christmas, and I've read it many times myself. And a few years ago, I was reading it, and I came to this verse that says, For with God, nothing will be impossible. And I sort of halted there, trying to comprehend the bigness of that statement. And I was sort of passing by it, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, No, go back and read it again. And I read it again, and I, again, appreciated it, but didn't see anything new. And I read it again, and I read it again, and then finally, something new popped out at me. And it was this. For with God, nothing will be impossible. When God has said something, it is now impossible for him to do nothing. In the Old Testament, it says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? He's not like us in that way. When he says, write a book, he means that I can write a book. And he also means that he's going to give me the sources and resources to come alongside me and do what he's called me to do, because with him, nothing, doing nothing, is impossible. I think the catch is, it's possible for us to do nothing. Hmm. It is possible that when he says, hey, put your net on the other side, see what happens, Peter could have said, "Eh, you know, I think I know what I'm doing. You know, I've been fishing for a lot of years. I kind of, we've been out all night. He could have said no, but he said, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. So there is a point where you do have to just step out of the boat, whatever that's mixing my metaphors or my biblical stories or whatever. But there is a moment where you have to step out in faith and say, okay. I am going, I'm choosing to believe that you are going to meet me at this place of what to me seems almost like an impossibility. It, I've something I've not done before or something I've tried before and failed at, but I am going to believe that because at your word, because you've said I could do it, that therefore I am capable and I will give it a go. My second book was a a different experience in that I didn't get a sort of, thus saith the Lord, write about this, but I had this very strong sense of, I have uh, a paradigm that he's breaking up in me that is a little disturbing, and I don't understand it, and yet I cannot get away from it. Everywhere I look, somebody is talking about it or bringing it up or different ways or, you know, there's even a movie or a, or a book. Or, I just couldn't get away from it to the point that it was, 
what does it say, uh, you know, Jeremiah, where he says, I, if I don't let this, these words up out of my bones, that there's, you know, that there's a fire. That was, I don't know, that was the second book experience of, I've got to write about this just to get it up and out of me because it's making me a little crazy. And that certainty of I can't get away from this, I can't get, I can't get away from thinking about it, I can't get away from seeing it, hearing it everywhere around me, hmm, maybe I should pay attention to that. And maybe writing a book is the best way for me to process this in, in a way that's healthy and in a way that might actually help somebody else process the same sort of stuff. So with that second book, that was the motivating factor, the uh, the God, what's the word, unction, the God, little kick in the behind to, yeah, go ahead, r- write about it again. See what happens. And now with this third book, it is a sort of similar beginning in that he's had me sitting in and thinking a lot about our generations and the connectivity between the generations and even between the whole family in heaven and on earth that he speaks about in Ephesians that that we are have the same name the whole family in heaven and on earth and how connected are we and how does that all work you know in Hebrews when it talks about the heroes of the faith. And at the end of the chapter, it says, but they never really fully received their promise because they're not complete without us, nor are we complete without them. So that has been percolating in my spirit for a year and a half or so, not necessarily to write a book about, but just to explore and ponder keeping in my heart and pondering, like Mary, it says, pondering all those things in my heart that I don't fully understand. But the more I ponder them, the more he sort of opens them up to me and I get new thoughts. So then I, because I've written a couple before I get this feeling begins to be kind of uh, familiar of, I think, I think he wants me to write a book about this too. This is an interesting thing that's happening with this third book that I don't think I really had happen with the other two books is I have these very funny God incidents, because I don't think they're coincidence, where I will write about something, something very specific, and within a day, I will run into that very thing, like in the real world. For example, I wrote about a specific dog breed. It's a cane corso. I'd never heard of a cane corso. It's an ancient breed out of ancient Rome, and there's very few breeders around the world who still, but they're big sort of almost bull mastiff kind of size, I think military kind of dogs. I'd never, I'd looked at pictures of them online. I was searching for that type of dog. I thought, oh, that'll work. Let's put that in there. The next night, we're at dinner with some friends that we'd never had dinner with before, and we're sitting and talking and kind of getting to know each other a little better. And we had just gotten a new dog. So they were asking us about our dog. And I asked, would you like to have a dog sometime? And she said, oh, yes, but only the only kind of dog I ever want to get is a Cane Corso. And my jaw drops. Like, what? 
what do you know about a Cane Corso? I'd never even heard about it till I went looking for one. And she goes on to tell me the wonders of this beautiful dog breed. So that was kind of, hmm, now oh, that's really interesting. Then a couple of weeks later, I'm writing and I'm having to think up everything, but I'm I'm having to think up like a specific French woman's name that I find fits the the moment in the story. And I think, oh, let's do Marie Claire. That sounds lovely. Marie hyphen Claire. Marie Claire. Beautiful. I write it. I'm writing about it. The next day, I go down to Nordstrom's Rack, one of my favorite shopping places. But this is one I normally don't go to. And I'm getting, I'm at the checkout place, and I look at the name tag of the woman who is checking me out, and her name tag, I said, how do you pronounce your name? She goes, oh, Marie Claire. Really? Now, isn't that interesting? Anyway, I've had so many of these that I've just begun to write down a list of them as they happen because I feel, this is what it feels like. It feels like God, a little wink at me saying, I see what you're doing, sister, and I'm interested, and I've got your back, and I'm really involved intimately and intricately in the little details of everything that you're doing. And that, to me, keeps building in me this level of certainty that, hey, I'm on the right track. And I love feeling that because I will tell you there are many times in the last few weeks of writing this third book that I've, I don't know if you can say fall off the wagon, but every now and then my certainty levels dip quite a bit. And I have to think, ah, what am I doing? And is this worth it? And it's kind of a mess right now. And how do I keep going? And how do I wind all these things together? And I don't always have this level of certainty. And then I get a little wink. I call them now my blur moments where the blur of my imaginative world enters into my real world, quote unquote, real world. And they sort of blur. And I love that little nudge of saying, I see you. I see you. And I know what's going on. And I'm involved. I'm, I'm interested. So that's what's happening with book number three right now. And I don't know where you're at in your journey, but this level of certainty that I've heard from the Lord, and if he says I can do it, then I am able to do it. And he will meet me there because with him, nothing is impossible. So I hope that encourages you today. Keep going. Don't give up. One step at a time. I sure love you and appreciate you. Blessings and peace. Shalom. Shalom.